Cleveland! This is for you! Talking about balls. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price. Kyle, cracking a fresh bush light before the noon hour. There we go. We're good now. It's official. We have started. Uh, first and foremost, we want to give a shout out to Redline Radio and the Steel, Steel Renegade yep. show for having us on last Sunday night. Thank you to those of you that tuned in and listened. We had a great time. It was really fun. We look forward to doing it again soon. Um, obviously, none of our predictions came true on Monday night with that Browns game. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it. But I want to. Talk we about will, it. but it's going to be brief because there's there's bigger things to fish to fry if you will i feel like the entire sports world in cleveland went the shit in the last week see from my perspective because as you know i've been speaking ill of baker for the last how many years right for me this is just now i'm, I'm sitting back going wow now you guys all know how i felt for the last couple of years i feel like half of cleveland is 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 preaching exactly what you've been saying for two years years what i've been saying for maybe eight months but it's like everyone's trying to come to the realization but there's still those people who are just holding on that again i don't fault the people for it it's the loser denial it's the cleveland mentality of we've been so bad we saw one playoff appearance you can't get rid of that guy no they're so afraid that it'll never get better right and then and i understand i get it they're afraid i always thought the same thing until the Cavs won the championship in 2016 i always thought I'll never see a championship in my lifetime. That's right. just it. I'm destined to fail. Cleveland is destined to be shit on by the, the sports gods, and we won one. So that's when I went, okay, so I'm done with that loser shit. Win. That's why I hate the Dolans, because yeah. we had an opportunity to win a World Series. I hate Baker Mayfield, because he's holding me back from a Super Bowl. Right. I don't hate him. I, I take that back. I just don't like his quarterback play, and I know he will never win us a Super Bowl. I, I heard someone call into a radio station earlier this week that just made me like kind of go, huh. Someone's like called it and it's like, yeah, you know, I just love him because he broke the streak of Cleveland winning a playoff game or whatever, getting to the playoffs. And then the, uh, per, I'm sure you probably heard the same call, someone in the, and the, the radio host is like, well, you know who else broke a streak? Um, Tyrod Taylor, or I'm sorry, Tyrod Taylor for Buffalo. Where's he at right now? I heard that call yesterday. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, exactly. Who you can, can't just they, hold on to a guy right. because he had a little bit of success. Just because he did something good for your franchise doesn't mean that that's where you stop at. Again, I, I, I'll reiterate, and I, I've, I've used this example before, the Jacksonville Jaguars yep. were almost in the Super Bowl like five years ago with Blake Bortles. Yeah. Where is Blake Bortles? They should have kept him, clearly. He is now, if he's even still on the on the bench in think, New I think, Orleans. I think he's, yeah, he's like the third string or second string. Yeah, they signed him when they lost all their guys with COVID. I don't know if he's even still there, but he is barely in the NFL, and he was just in the AFC Championship game a few years ago. How many Jaguars fans do you think are pissed off that they got rid of him? None. Exactly, because None. I, I feel like every other... Because they all saw the, the writing on the wall. Every other fan base in this country realizes that you just don't hold on to people who are... Who are just mediocre yeah and i'm sorry the missing piece of our organization well a couple missing pieces but the biggest thing holding us back is baker mayfield is case keenum a quarterback the entire year this year are we in the playoffs more than likely yeah that's that's and that's sad to say right we we really only needed like two more wins and look at some of the games where baker just either played like complete shit or failed to like complete a game-winning drive or something like that or turned it over at a crucial time something like that it's 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 disheartening to, to go back and look at these games, certain plays, and I, I get it, the whole butterfly effect. But I think that 
in certain drives where you need to put the ball in a quarterback who's going to move the ball down the field and you're going to trust the throws and stuff he's going to make, I think Case would have gotten those that ball down the field a couple times. Granted, we would still had to have rely on our kicker for some of those plays. I understand that, but at least your quarterback was putting you in a position to win a game. Yep. Baker couldn't even make it past the fucking 50-yard line. I look, and I, I know it's not the greatest example, but I mean, technically they were in playoff contention for most of the year, so I'll, I'll give them credit. But the COVID Thursday night game that we played against the Denver Broncos, Case Keenum played, Kevin Stefanski coached, we had no yeah. Nick Chubb, etc. We won that game against a very good defense, defense yeah. an okay offense, but we won the game because Kevin Stefanski is a very good play caller, a very good game manager, like he knows how to call a game, and he did exactly what we needed to do for our quarterback. Now when Baker's behind center... All anyone wants to do is complain about the coaching and the play calling and shit like that. And I look at it as it's not different. It is purely execution. Baker is not doing what he's supposed to do. It's funny because who else ran a pretty good offense getting the plays called in a Stefanski offense? Uh, Nick Mullins did. Yep. Now, we almost you, beat another team he wasn't like, that could make the playoffs. He wasn't Pro Bowl material, but guess yep. what? It took him like a, a drive or two to kind of get into a rhythm. But he moved the ball. He executed the plays that were asked of him to do. Yep. He even almost fell flat in his face one time rolling out to make that pass. But he'd made it. Yep. He made the pass, And it was a touchdown. He ran the offense that was given him to run. He executed. That's the Very biggest, well. word, biggest word in Cleveland Browns right now execution. is execution. Because A, Baker can't do it. And B, Kevin Stefanski and, and Andrew Barry want to execute Baker and get him <laughs> off the team. So it, it's a double-edged sword with that word. Um, a couple notes that I made. And this is just for... I've had so many arguments with people, and I've decided to... Yeah, mostly on my notifications. Jesus. That's what you get. Don't stir the pot. Um, But I've had a lot of arguments. Not even arguments. It's more like a discussion where people just don't understand. So, to me, it just turns... They turn it into an argument where I'm just explaining football to people. Right. And a couple things. For the people saying Kevin Stefanski needs fired because his game plan sucks, he forgot how to run the ball. Here are some, and to quote my friend Greg Sherwood... Fun facts. Are you going to hit with the facts? Huh? I have fun facts for the Browns right now. Okay. First one: Nick Chubb averaged more rushes per game this year than last year. So for all the fans out there saying that we abandoned the run this year, we've done it more. I feel like we need like a fact so sound like a. Fact. Honestly, that's not a bad idea. I'll, I'll look into that. Uh, second, for the people saying Baker throws too much, we rely too much on the pass. Baker averages less passes a game this year. Uh. It's only one, but it's still. Last year was 30, this year's 29, which is still less. Next up, Baker, not drafted by this regime. So fans that are saying, let's run it back for that fifth year. Let's see what Baker can do in year five. Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry are kind of in a prove-it year. Year three is a huge year for a front office. You either have it figured out or it's over most of the time. They are not staking their jobs, their reputations, their careers on Baker Mayfield for another season. Do you think they get a pass though for having a successful first year? Like, do you think? Uh, do you think the third year is a prove it year still? I don't mean to cut you off. I'm just curious because they have no, a really no, good first year. I, I do. I think they have a longer leash than, okay. than fans expect because okay. a yeah they did come in right away, went to the playoffs. Yeah, built Secondly, a pretty quick team, pretty quick. In year two, albeit it sucked because of Baker. And again, not 100% Baker. I know our defense wasn't the greatest in the first half. We've had some other issues, et cetera, whatever. But for the most part, it boils down to quarterback play. Baker had a terrible season. Everything else Andrew Barry did for the most part was great. Jadivian Clowney, fantastic year. Uh, JOK, amazing draft pick. Greg Newsom, great draft pick. James Hudson looks pretty good as a right tackle. And a lot of fans don't think about this either. 
They were bitching about it on Monday night. Why is a rookie right tackle out there? Blah, blah, blah. He needs to learn how to play because the injury Jack Conklin suffered is probably going to cost Jack Conklin most of next season too. Yeah. So James Hudson's probably our starting right tackle or, or like after their evaluation, they wanted him out there to evaluate him for the future. Browns fans don't understand that. They just think, why is this rookie right tackle out there? And I thought he did pretty well going against the He did very well. Goal. Yes, Baker got sacked nine times. I think about seven of those were on Baker. Yeah. I, I'm just being honest. He held the ball. He's even any... Listen to anybody that critiqued the game afterwards, whether it's a radio host, a an analyst, whatever. Talk about the many times he padded the ball. He pump faked. He spun around. He held the ball too long. That's on Baker. His amazing left spins. Those, those spin arounds for no reason when there's no one near him. I don't understand that. Um, is it his? Is it not his job to also call chips and 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 protect like protections? Yes, as a fourth year quarterback, I'm going to go on on a limb that he has the ability to audible to shift the the blocking scheme to call over as you saw one play I'm sure you saw it they were they were laughing because he called Richard Higgins over to chip TJ Watt on a play because they're sitting there going man TJ Watt's having his way with, with Baker right now and then the next play you see Richard Higgins get called over by Baker and he goes and chips TJ Watt yeah. and I go okay so he has the ability to do that he's just not doing it right. and then after the game he blames the coaches right so is cuz because his entire mindset is that he needs to hike the ball, and just quickly throw the ball in the play that was called to him. Yeah. And then he's going to bitch about the fact that he's not getting the right calls. Well, if you're seeing something different yep. on, the, on the field, you probably have a list of three or four audibles you can go ahead and check to right away. Yeah. You know, and if you see they're they're filling the box, then check to a, a slant pass quickly. If you see they're spreading out, then then call a, a quick run up the middle or something. Yeah, call a draw. Something. Something. You know, it's like you have the ability, but you're not doing it. And the protections, I 100% agree. Like, he, he didn't move – the line he didn't he didn't adjust the line yep. in certain calls and and you're right held onto the ball way too many times I mean how many nine nine sacks you said I mean yeah like seven six of them were his fault but it's like how many times did he just stand back there and then just do this back and forth in the in like the in the thing yep. he didn't he didn't move up he didn't move left quickly he just stood there and I'm I'm sure you watched the entire Manning cast right yeah that's all I watched so there were even a couple plays where they were ripping Baker because he would step up in the pocket and they're going. See, Baker's not doing his his lineman any favors. They purposely got the guy in, and Baker stepped into the guy. Yeah. Like, Baker needs to step out and throw the ball. Yep. So it shows to me that just Baker, just he he's, he's not a good pocket quarterback. Well, his line also knows he can't see over half those linemen. Correct. So they're pushing him they're, them in, thinking Baker's going to move yeah. this way they're, where there's giving him no a, line in front of him. Yeah. He, uh... He's just proving to me that he he struggles from the pocket, which we all knew. He, he wasn't the greatest pocket quarterback. So if he doesn't roll out, he's... Very ineffective. He gets balls batted down. What do you have? Five or six balls batted down. That's three in the first quarter. Yeah, three in the first quarter alone. Um, which started my let's give him a ladder so he can see over the line, which then went on to seventy five messages. Which again, it was just me <laughs> explaining football to people that it's don't hard, understand it's, it. It's hard to do sometimes. It uh, again, I I try to not toot my own horn, and I try to not get technical with football, but I can break down personnel grouping, schemes, blocking, X, Y, gaps. They, like, I can break that shit down all day. I love it. I love talking football. I, I study it for the draft. I've been doing it for almost 20 years. I love it. So when I try to get technical with people and talk football with them, they just start getting angry and going, oh, you think you know everything. And I'm like, I'm trying to teach you. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm trying to make you understand my thought process, and people just get mad. So then I do turn into a dick because then it becomes funny. People just funny get offended, and, and it's just amazing. And, yeah, it's not me trying to, like, you know, be argumentative. It's just like, hey, this is why something happened in the football game. For instance, in the first half, two-minute drill, you have a two-minute offense. Kareem Hunt is part of our two-minute offense. Kareem Hunt got hurt. In Madden, yes, 
Nick Chubb would be your, your running back in a two-minute offense in Madden because it's a video game. In real life, when your two-minute running back gets hurt, the next man up steps in to be that guy. You don't put your top running back in that position. The next guy on the roster goes into that position because that's what they're designed to do. That's how uh, player management works with football. You just substitute that player. If your slot receiver gets hurt, you then put in the next guy that's a slot receiver. You don't just throw in the next receiver on the depth chart. Right. You need a guy that knows how to work in the slot. That's just football 101, guys. Wasn't trying to be a dick to people. Trying to explain football. <clears throat> Everyone got offended, and they're like, why isn't Nick Chubb on the field? He needs to be out there. Because that's how our offense well, has always been ran. Well, there's reasons than that as right. to why he wasn't out there. But yeah, I, I, absolutely. And then another thing, too, is, I mean, I don't understand how people didn't see it. This is what fucking completely baffles, my, baffles me. I, I still can't get over it. When Nick Chubb walked himself off the field, waving to the coaches, saying, I need out, and he's holding his ribs in yeah. pain, Browns fans that claim to have watched the game then bitched, where's Nick Chubb, and said, what injury? I, how did they not see it? That's, I don't that's understand. Why, that's why I put the message out yesterday, the actual um, Yeah, I don't get it. There, there are fans that are going, he wasn't hurt. Stefanski just didn't play him. I watched him take himself yeah. out of the game. I saw it with my own eyes. I have the text in my phone right now to my friend Laura and I literally said, I'll find it really quick. Um, so it's right after halftime, 10.04. She said something like, no Chubb, why aren't they going to play him? And I said, he's not a good pass catcher in our hurry up offense. It would be Hunt, so that's why he's not in there. And she said, oh, okay. And then she goes, oh, there he is right after halftime. A second later, he checked himself out and I texted her back. Great, he looks hurt too. I saw it. How did fans not see that? Fans that claim to watch the game, and this is why I have, like, this is how discussions turn into arguments, because I see the game, I absorb these things, I know that I saw it. You make mental notes. Yeah. And I try to tell people about it, and then they just tell me I'm wrong, and then I'm, you know, it's, it, that it's Stefanski. It's like, what the fuck are you guys watching? And that's when I start getting, like, w what's the point of even arguing well, with have, these people? You have passive watchers, and you have, like, in-depth watchers. Exactly. I think 90% of the people who are actual fans are probably watching it around other people, not paying attention to every single play. Yep. And you know, I like to watch games by myself. Sure. I'm very weird. I like to sit in my basement. I don't want anybody near me. I just want to watch the game. I sit here. I focus on everything. I, yeah. I, I take mental notes, as and you not, said. And not everyone's like that. But right. you know, no, that's what happens, not. and you miss stuff. So if you're not watching every single second of the game, or you're not going to use the fancy-dancy rewind, rewind button that everyone has nowadays to go back and actually see what happened, then shut the fuck up. Yeah, like I actually went back and tried to rewind it to the part where Nick Chubb took himself out, but by the time I did it, it was like 1230, and my DVR wouldn't go back to 10 o'clock. I'm sure there's video out there somewhere. I'm sure I've actually Googled it. it a couple times. I'm looking for that evidence. So you, I'm, I'm that, like, that in-depth. I yeah, need I to show yeah. people just to rub it in their faces. <laughs> petty is the exact word for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got into arguments about that because we were running our two-minute offense and Dearness Johnson's out there. Nick Chubb's not a good pass catching back. The funny thing, in the Kansas City game, and this is this just shows you Browns fans and their lack of of consistency. In the Kansas City playoff game, Nick Chubb dropped a very huge pass. A key first down it would have been. He dropped it because yeah. he's not a good pass catcher. Now, in this game, Dearness Johnson's out there because he's a better pass catcher. Browns fans are bitching because it's not Nick Chubb. Yeah. How quickly they forget. He is not a good pass catcher. Our offense is not designed for Nick Chubb to catch Can passes. Can he catch the ball? Yes. He's yes. an NFL football player. They don't player. want him to, though. But he's not someone you put in a position to trust to do that all the time. Exactly. Our offense is not built with Nick Chubb in mind to catch passes. And he's not good when he does catch the ball getting up to a speed. Like, he's no. not that guy. Like, no. He, he is pretty much a catch-and-get-tackled-immediately kind of guy. He doesn't yeah. break tackles when he catches the ball. Right. He's not good in the open space like that as a receiver. As a runner, sure. 
one of yeah. the best in the game because he's he does it he does it well i mean that that stiff arm he had on on monday was pretty were pretty sick though yeah oh absolutely he shoved he that, guy that guy into the guy next into the town ground. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so those were my quick notes about monday's game and some of the arguments that i got in with people because they don't understand football uh the play calling this year has been less passing more running and nick chubb wasn't on the field because a he was hurt and b some of the the personnel groupings he's not meant to be out there right and that's just how football works people i'm sorry it's not the answer that you want because some people like just wouldn't accept it but that is that's how football works people just want an easy scapegoat i'm really sorry that that they didn't grasp it i always say it i can i can teach you the information i can't make you keep it and understand it that's how i always look at it i can only tell people things i can't make them understand it and and you know people are are, this is what gets me to like i want to i haven't asked this question is people who are like the ride with six cult i'm calling him a cult because they are essentially um if he leaves cleveland and goes to another team are you going to then ride with six to that team i'm just curious how that works because as much as we've all been a baker fan and i'm sitting in a basement that has baker memorabilia on the wall you're not caring about who who that person is it's what he does for the team you root for so I mean, are you going to be a ride with Baker when he goes to the, the hopefully the Houston Texas or somewhere else? I mean, are you going to say, "Oh, I'm a Houston fan now"? Like, how far does your loyalty to this man go that you cannot see what's legitimately happening in front of you? Here's what's going to happen with that, and I'm almost willing to stake my reputation on it. Assuming Baker's on another team next year, here's what'll happen: those ride with six people are going to pay attention to his first month or two. Right. If he has a good game and wins a game, like let's say for instance, hypothetically. I'll just throw a name out there. Don't hold me to it. Let's say we get Kirk Cousins in the offseason. Kirk Cousins is our starting quarterback week one. Baker Mayfield is starting for the Houston Texans week one. Let's say the Texans win. They're playing the Jaguars. We'll just say hypothetically. Is it like a three-way trade we're doing there with that team? You what said, do you, you said You said Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So it'd be Minnesota. Right. But how do you go to Houston? Oh, I'm just saying we trade uh, him to Houston. Okay. I'm just saying let's just say it. that's okay. who our quarterback like, is. We, that's who their quarterback. That's where he is. Houston, we better get the other guy back. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just saying hypothetically, let's just say whatever okay. team Baker's right. on. Sorry. Go ahead. So let's just say they're playing an easy opponent. Let's say week one, we end up going up against like, uh, you know, the Chargers or some good up, the Chiefs again, some up, you know, good team. Let's say we lose. Yep. The, the Texans win. Those ride with sixes are going to immediately go, I knew this fucking team, bunch of idiots should have never got rid of Baker. That's exactly how week one will go. Then we go to week two. Browns win, Texans lose. Not a peep. Week three, vice versa. Then after about a month or so, they stop. It's the same thing that happened with Beckham. Beckham went to Los Angeles, went to the Rams. Game one, first pass to him, interception. Browns fans that hated Beckham loved it immediately. I know you were being sarcastic with your post, but there were other people that were legitimately sincere when they were like, oh, it's Baker's fault. Look at what happens. That guy just ruins every team he goes on. Since then, Odell Beckham's been one of the best receivers in football in terms of just consistency uh, being being there for big being plays, open, getting open. open, catching the ball, etc. And I haven't seen a peep. No right. one's talking about Beckham and Cleveland anymore. It's funny how quickly they forget. It's it's a it's just a, a drastic Browns fans need to have like look at me moments, and that's what it is. It's going to be Baker. If Baker looks good for a game, it's going to be why did you get rid of him, you idiots? And I honestly believe none of us will be surprised if Baker goes to another team and that team has winning seasons because sure. no one's saying that Baker is a the dead bottom of the lineup quarterback. Baker has a skill set. Baker has a good, strong arm. Baker has the ability to make plays. I get that. No one's saying he's not any of those things, but in the in this on this team right now and what we need him to be and what we need him to do, he's not the fit. He to me, and like I obviously the second half of what I'm about to say here is gonna sound good. The first half maybe not so much. To me, he is a six to ten win quarterback a year in the right situation. Sure. That's about it. 
He's a probable, maybe maybe get you a wild card spot, maybe win you a first round game like he did last year, depending on the opponent. And that's about it. Like you kind of hit your plateau with him. Um, I just don't see it ever getting any better for him because he's had every type of styled offense based around him. He's had it where they 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 cut him loose and let him throw the ball as much as he wants. Went terribly with Freddie Kitchens. Yep. They let him be conservative and just kind of stick to the program. And that worked out really well with Stefanski last year. Mm-hmm. This year, Baker went off script, not Stefanski. The offense is the same. For those of you complaining about the offense, our, our offense is basically identical to last year. We, uh, excuse me, we brought back every fucking player from last year on offense and even added Anthony Schwartz. We've we didn't lose anybody because the we, front office believed in what he did last exactly. year would be a next step progress for yep. what he's going to do this year. We brought nothing new in. We brought no new coaches. We didn't change anything, and fans are still saying that it's the coaching staff and it's the the, the play calling, etc. Our offense is the same. The only difference is Baker didn't execute it like he did last year. And on top of it, I'm not one to blame injuries. Next man up mentality. I fully believe that. How many people have we missed with COVID? Jack Conklin is one of the best right tackles in football. Yep. He's missed most of the season now. He'll be out for a while, yeah. Like, I mean, we're dealing with a lot of shit that other teams are dealing with as well, but that's when you need your quarterback to step up and get you over these hurdles, right. and Baker is proving that he can't do that. It, and, and somebody said it the other day on the radio, and then it was spot on. They said, basically, Baker Mayfield needs everything to go perfectly, right. and he looks great, or else it's over. Yeah, you get it's either 100% good or 100% bad. There's no middle ground. He's there's other quarterbacks in our own division yep. who have overcome far bigger shit than Baker has to overcome. Like Joe Burrow, for instance, I saw a tweet the other day. Well, he's playing with the worst offensive. One he of the has the 30th lines. ranked offensive line in terms of pass win yep. percentage, and he's he just won the division. He is looking, you know, he's a pro bowler. He is a potential MVP candidate. He's looking like one of the best quarterbacks in football, not just the AFC North. And Baker Mayfield has the fourth best pass win percentage offensive line in football. Right. So another thing, Browns fans are blaming the offensive line. The stats don't lie, guys. Yeah. I hate the idiots that just blatantly throw a stat out. To me, it's lazy. It just shows you that you don't do any research. You don't actually know what you're talking about. If you just say, well, the O-line sucks. No, the fuck it does. It's one of the top five in football. It's not the offensive line, people. Right. People, I mean, that's the thing, too. I mean, so you have a guy who is a year behind you that is playing on a far less skill set team doing the things that he's doing with that football down there. That's what we wanted for Baker. They they gave Baker the perfect lineup, the the, the perfect protection, the perfect run game. Mind you, he doesn't have to, he, but he doesn't have to have top receivers in the game. And realistically, two and a half years behind him because Burrow oh, was two right. years after, and he missed half of last that's year with right. that injury. That's true. Good, solid point. Even more depressing news. He's barely played a full season of, of, of NFL football, yeah. and he has progressed more in that one year than Baker right. has in four. It's just it's crazy to me that people are like, oh, it's okay, I'm okay with this. People are okay with just getting to a playoff game and that's the that's the mentality that these ride with six people have is they're okay just getting to a playoff game they don't want to get to a championship game they don't want to go to a super bowl they're just okay having winning seasons to me that's that's my argument against or not against but it's with something i discussed with with formerly the the team formerly known as the indians um fans of the, of the guardians that like i am too but they they defend the dolans and they say well the dolans keep a good product the dolans every few years they re- reload they the team still makes the playoffs they're consistent they win and i say yeah but i don't want to just go to the playoffs i want to win a fucking championship getting to the playoffs is great but eventually you need to move up and if that doesn't happen it's time to make some changes and that's where i'm at with the browns 
great. We made the playoffs last year. It was awesome. We went into the season. Well, most people went into the season with expect high expectations. I kept telling people we're not winning a Super Bowl with Baker. Other people didn't want to hear it. They said we're going to be the favorite in the AFC because of this, because of that. None of it came to fruition. Uh, th- this is situations where I don't like being right. This this hurts me. I don't like being right in terms of the Browns being bad. I think if we had no health issues this year, we would be probably a playoff team. It, probably a deep. I think we'd probably make it past the first round with how this AFC's kind of shaped up this year. Yeah. Um. I I think if if we were healthy all year, then I think we, Baker might have gotten us to a one win playoff yeah. game to the next round, and then that's where we'd end it. Now, again. Do you mean Baker's health or just the team just in general? Team overall okay. in general. You know, yeah. just I'm not saying any one particular. I'm saying, but if we're all kind of semi healthy and not yeah. having these issues we've had this year, whether it be COVID or you know injuries like with uh, Conklin going out, stuff like that, we yeah. was overall better health. I think that we probably would have made it to the playoffs, maybe won the first game, but that's it. That's as far as we're going to go. That's it. That's that and, exactly. And, and that's what blows my mind is if we had that other that season again this year, like we did last year, one win playoff team, they're okay with that. And yeah. I don't understand that. Yeah. I mean, there are coaches that 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 make the playoffs consistently that get fired because they go well, like Hugh Jackson or not Hugh Jackson. I'm sorry, uh, Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis took the Bengals to the playoffs all the time. Right. They were a very good team under Marvin Lewis, but they couldn't. Get, get past that. They'd make the playoffs, exit in the first round. Make the playoffs, they've lose in the first a, round. They've never won a yeah. playoff game. They would do that, and they eventually fired Marvin Lewis. <laughs> if a Browns coach just kept making the playoffs, our fans think they need a statue. Well, at least the quarterback. They, they think the quarterback deserves to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame immediately. Right. There's bigger things, guys. The playoffs are the are, are step one. There's there's bigger goals ahead, and right. that's where, where the Browns are. The Browns won a championship. They know the window is now, and I think that's why we're making a quarterback move. Yeah, I mean, hell, the Eagles won a Super Bowl four four years ago, and Carson Wentz is gone. Carson Wentz is the head gone. coach is gone. Nick Foles is gone. Head coach is gone. Yep. Everything, and you know they why? They gutted that roster because, because they, they move realized on. they weren't going to get back to that point, keeping those yep. people. They had a, I say, a fluke year. Yeah, but I mean, Carson Wentz projected them into a hell of a season. Absolutely, he was an MVP. He was and, the MVP. Yeah, if he and never then got Nick hurt. Foles kind of just banded it together the rest of the year, and they had a good Super Bowl. You know, it is what it is. But they knew they weren't going to go any further or keep doing that over and over with that team, so they had to get rid of all those people. Now, I had Kyle do a little homework, as did I. Speaking of the Browns, I've had to study for this. Before. Speaking of the Browns potentially having a new quarterback, what I want to do is it's called pros and cons. New little segment we're going to do here in the off season, where every episode or so we're going to do uh, what we would consider a top tier quarterback for the Browns to acquire and a middle to low tier quarterback for the Browns to acquire. And these are just these are realistic people. These aren't like pipe dreams like, sure, I want Aaron Rodgers, but we're probably not going to do a pro and con about Aaron Rodgers because, A, there are no cons, and B, <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. got one con, COVID toe. And potentially uh, boycotting the Super Bowl, which he was quickly, yeah, debunked. quickly debunked that one. Um, but anyway, so what we decided to do is we're going to do you know five or so pros and five or so cons about a, a top-tier quarterback and a, a middle-to-low-tier. This week's pro and con features Derek Carr. As the top tier guy, and the lower tier would be Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'll start off just to get the ball rolling, and I'm going to start off with my pros. We're doing Derek Carr first? Yes. Okay. So I have a couple that are like two-parters, and I'll explain everything briefly. My number one thing, in no particular order, this is just, I just wrote them down. He's a consistent pro. If you look at his numbers for the most part, especially over the last like five seasons, his numbers are pretty much similar. He, You know what you're getting out of him. He's consistent. He's accurate. He's a good leader. He's been to the Pro Bowl three times, so he's you know obviously a good quarterback. Um, someone that I think could come in here and be the professional fit that we need for this offense. Okay. And we wouldn't need too much out of him. 
So go ahead. Uh, okay. Yours. Yeah. So I was just going to say his decision making is top notch. I mean, it kind of wraps up with what you said, but um, at, in, over the last whatever couple seasons, his decision making, he doesn't make those stupid triple coverage throws. He, he gets the ball down the field. He makes those short passes, long passes. He makes good decisions. Yeah. He, the, the entire field he, is open for he's him. Second in, I think he's second in the, the season in accurate, uh, accurate completion right percentage. Now. Yeah, yeah. Completion percentage. Yeah. So, I mean, he makes good decisions where they, the, where the ball needs to go. Yeah, I mean, to piggyback off that a little bit, he he's had some of the highest completion percentage games in NFL history. Where yeah. He's thrown for 90-something percent, and it's not because he went 10 of 11. It's because he went like 25 of 26 or yeah. 25 of 27. Like He throws the ball a lot, and he can fucking complete everything. Because he, he's making good decisions Which where is, the ball yeah, needs to he's go. He's putting yeah. the ball where it needs to go. The players are making catches. Yeah, Nothing's absolutely. crazy. It's, it's perfect. Um, my next one is he does what would got would have gotten us into the playoffs this year game winning drives. I heard a stat last night in his in his career, he's been in the league since 2014, 29 game winning four, fourth quarter drives and overtime drives. Uh, I'm more than okay with that. Oh, I'm not I'm 29 not, I'm not used to those. What are 7 those? years. That's weird. Never That's absurd. That's crazy. Um I mean, that would be great to have because we probably would have won four more games this year. Yeah, he averages like <clears throat> almost, you know, almost 5 game winning drives a season. Yeah. Which if we had two of those this year, we're a playoff team. Yeah, and that just goes back into just who he is as a quarterback, um, which leads me into my point. The next one is he's used to diversity. I mean, he's gone through three or four head coaches the last couple of seasons. His team, half of them are in jail right now, um, and he still continues to push forward and make the best of a bad situation. Yep. He's always positive when it comes on the microphone. He always says, it is what it is. He takes the blame when he has to take the blame. He says, we have to improve at this. But constant through consistent change, moving the city from one the team from one city to another city, going through multiple head coaches, having to deal with John Gruden, having to deal with receivers going out, being arrested. I mean, he continues to do what he has to do with what's put in front of him. And mind you, he might have some down games, but who doesn't? But he's sure. still consistent throughout the year. But I think he's he's not a me guy. I put I actually put down not a me guy. Yeah. It's not about him. It's about the team. And that's that's something that would be great to have. So I'm pretty much identical with you on that one. Yeah. I have I put winner. Despite obstacles, okay, and I'll yeah. go into a little more detail sure. about that too. Um, as you said, with the multiple head coaches, that's the number one excuse Baker fans make. They say, "Look at what Baker's gone through. He's gone through four head coaches in his four years in the NFL." Oh, poor Baker. Derek Carr has gone through five head coaches in seven years. One of which was just fired in the middle of the season for some pretty damning emails. Um, as you said, his number one wide receiver killed a woman as and is in jail, or well, he's out now, but he's he'll be in jail. Um, their GM is a dead man walking. They fired multiple GMs. He's gone through consistent personnel change. Um, he has a shitty offensive line, and he keeps winning. They have Richie Incognito starting, for God's sakes. The guy was out of the NFL, and now he's their starting guard. Yep. They had a Pro Bowl center in Rodney Hudson. They traded him away. They uh, they had they had Darren Waller as their best wide receiver, who's missed most of the season. So his number one target is Hunter Renfro, for God's sake. He's making Hunter Renfro look like Cooper, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. And... <laughs> They're a win away from making the playoffs. Yeah. With all of that drama, just this year alone, head coach fired for the drama, player killed somebody, uh, best target out for the year, their running backs have been banged up, Kenyon Drake broke his ankle, uh, Josh Jacobs has missed a couple of weeks, he's winning games, and they're That'd a be like game another away from the playoffs. season for the Browns. Just last week, they played the Colts. I picked the Colts to win the game because I thought, man, this Raiders team, just I don't think they can keep up with the right. Colts. He fucking drove them down for You've a game-winning field goal. you against the Raiders a couple times this year I have, because, that. Yeah. because of all their drama, I just kind of think like there's no way that they have right. the, uh, the, the team chemistry, and Derek Carr is doing that, yeah. which to me, it would be crazy for them to get to let him go but at the same time assuming that they're going to have to get a new head coach assuming they're going to fire Mike Mayock 
He is only 30 years old, Derek Carr. Yeah. So he's still plenty of possibilities for him to stay in Vegas if they get the right head coach that would keep right. him. So if they don't, if he's untouchable, I wouldn't be surprised. But if I'm the Browns, well, isn't, his, isn't his contract over after this? He has year? one more year. Oh, does yeah, he? Yeah, okay. he has. But if you're the Browns, year. you're throwing whatever you can. At right. But if people. you're the Raiders, are you saying you're only 30? Like we'll give you another five year yeah. contract. You've played well enough. Maybe maybe Baker fits into that. I don't know. Um, Go ahead. I just just I'll make, just I have two points that are kind of into one because we're talking about strengths and. And what I, I kind of combine this strength as and what I think will be a strength coming to the Browns is that um, Derek Carr is used to a, kind of a run-first offense. That's kind of the offense that Gruden ran, was they, they run the ball, they pound the ball, then they break the pass wide open. Um, and then he, and and that goes well with when he does have to throw, he has amazing arm strength. Like, Derek Carr can whip that ball down the field. And I don't think we lose anything going from a, a Baker Mayfield to a Derek Carr. He's accurate. Has He can throw the deep ball. He can throw the short lob passes, the the fades and everything. I think this is just something that would fit perfectly into our offense and the type of offense that Stefanski would run. Uh, really quick, sorry to interrupt. Breaking news. Uh, Denzel Ward tested positive for COVID. He will now miss tomorrow's game against the oh, Bengals. Last the game of the season? year. Yep, Damn. that'll do it. Um, but yeah, sorry. Um Okay, here it is. Boomer aside and apparently got pranked regarding the Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl boycott tip. <laughs> so <laughs> that puts an end to that. Um, yeah, one more thing I, I meant to put with the uh, the obstacles. If you look at the draft class for the Raiders for the most part, yeah. it's been pure garbage. Oh, they yeah, drafted yeah, yeah. the defensive lineman Clellan Farrell. So many draft picks they've had, too. Like, I think it was the year of the Kyler Murray draft. They took Clellan Farrell top five, who, if you've never heard of him, Join the club because most people haven't. He has been a complete bust. Top five pick, bust. He is a at best a situational defensive lineman. Um, again, just overall, their 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 drafts have been god awful. And Derek Carr has them one win away from the fucking playoffs. So if you like bitching about the Browns and how they've gone through so much adversity and how it's always woe is me in Cleveland, this is the guy that could come here and deal with that because he's proven he can deal with shit like that out right. in, in Vegas. And my one last point for him, durable. He's missed oh, yeah. two games in his entire career. That's it. Yeah, he doesn't get hurt because he makes two smart games. choices. That's it. So, yeah. Yep, he gets rid of the ball. And again, behind a pretty bad offensive line, two games in his whole career. Yeah, I like it. All right, time to move on to the cons. Um, I'll go first because the one thing that I put down here was um, he's not very mobile, which in my opinion, like sometimes you have to extend plays and you don't really see Derek Carr really moving out of the pocket all too often. Right. Um, and I think sometimes you just have to have the ability, which this is why he probably gets sacked sometimes as well, is that he doesn't he doesn't have the ability to to uh, move left and right very well. Yeah, so, which I think I think in, in this offense, he since he can see over the line, Stefanski would restructure it a little bit to where sure. we wouldn't need as many rollouts and bootlegs because right. he can throw the ball from the pocket. Sure. Yeah, that's my only my that's, that's I only had like two cons for him, and that was yeah. one of the biggest ones I thought. Was so that's that, the thing, like with Browns fans, they think that Stefanski's offense is limited to doing rollouts and bootlegs. Right. They're doing that specifically for Baker because they understand his limitations in the pocket. So Browns fans need to kind of understand that the offense would adapt to whatever quarterback comes here. Right. There were there's someone called in the other day. I was sitting in my car listening to it. I I, I parked in my garage and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go in. And then someone called and made this point. And I wanted to hear what they said. And they they somebody said something like. You know, if we get a quarterback, this guy's not fit for this offense. He does this. I don't think Stefanski's too stubborn to change his ways and blah, blah, blah. And they said, are you an idiot? They're like, you don't think Stefanski would change his offense up for the right quarterback? Right. And, like, why do fans think like that? That Stefanski would just say, nope, I'm going to sabotage this whole season, yeah. my career, because I'm was it, stubborn. Was it, was it, was it a uh, Aaron Rodgers one? I think they said that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't run this offense. It might have been who it was. It was like, yeah. you think Aaron Rodgers is going to come here and hand the ball off a bunch? And they're like, they're going to, they would, they're adapting the offense to whoever they've adapted it to. Baker, but fans don't want to hear that. Um, one of my cons, no playoff success. He's been to the playoffs a few times, and yeah. 
no playoff sure. success, which again, football's a team sport. And, and a lot of fans don't, don't get this. When I argued with Baker, they, they would yell at me and say, well, Baker did good enough. It's not a, it's not a one man game. You can't put this all on Baker, but 90% of a game is kind of dictated by a quarterback. Most of the time, maybe right. not 90, but a lot of it. A quarterback is huge. Quarterback is key. It's the most important position on a team, etc. So with that in mind, Derek Carr has never had the greatest of rosters. Derek Carr has never had the greatest of coaches. He's never been in the greatest situations in general. So I think on this Browns team, he could potentially see some playoff success. I really do think he would be a good fit here. But yeah. that was my first con was no playoff success. Yeah, and I only had, like I said, I only had two cons. My other con with him was, again, it's an offensive mind. Is just that we, and again, he probably would tailor, you're right, the play around him. But um, play action is what really works a lot in the NFL. And I, I've never seen him as a strong play action pass person because it's always been... He runs he runs shotgun a lot of that offense too. Um, I just I I don't know. That's one one strength or one weakness I've seen of him is not very strong in like hiding the ball or or really cutting people because you know his quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers runs a hell of a play action pass. When he hides that ball, he hides that damn he ball. He puts like behind his back. Yeah, and like shit no sometimes. one sees like awesome. no one sees it. You know, and and but with Derek Carr, I don't see that really a lot. Plus, I don't watch a lot of his games. But just going off some of those games I have seen, it's just one of the things I see that he probably could improve on. Uh, I, again, I don't have many cons. So that was it there. for you? That's it. I don't okay, so I managed to find five. Oh, for, really? Cons? Yes. Okay. All right. uh, second one for me, uh, he does turn the ball over a lot. Yeah. He, he'll tend to throw like 12 to 18 interceptions sure. a year, give or take, yeah. which isn't terrible. And it can be. It can definitely be fixed. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not holding it against him too much. I think it's something that with a better offensive line, uh, better offensive game plan, maybe those interceptions are a little less. He doesn't need to force the ball as much as he does with, right. a, with, with Las Vegas. So... I've got that. That's one of the flaws. Second one, you have to trade for him because he has one more year in his contract. So I didn't that's think a, about that as a con. That's yeah, a huge right. thing. Yeah. It's something where you have to give up. You're gonna have to give up a lot, probably multiple draft picks, high round draft picks. So that's something of like you better be all in with this guy if you're gonna make that trade. Mm -hmm. uh, my other one would be he would probably need a new contract because he only has one year left. So if you trade for him, you're not only giving up draft picks, you're then gonna have to sign him to a long term ex long term extension. So you are fully committing to Derek Carr if you get Derek Carr. Right. And that's something which I hope that if they do that, they're more than prepared to do that. And they're, they're comfortable which with Which I it. think we, we financially, I think we would be okay to do that. Oh, 100%. It's just more yeah. so is he the right guy yeah, to sure. do that with. I get that. Um, and my last one is just it's more of a question. Has he peaked? He's played great. Has he plateaued? Is this the best you'll get of Derek Carr? If he comes here, do we expect him to take that next step and be that good quarterback because he's in a new situation? Or is is he just who he is regardless of the team? I think a new environment, better coaching, would excel him. I, I think that he would do better in this style of offense and this coaching team and behind this line. I don't think he's peaked. But then again, even if he has peaked his plateau numbers and what he does and right now, I we could manage that and, and get to a playoff game. Absolutely. I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Again, yeah. this was more of a question yeah, yeah. than like a con. It's yeah, just yeah. like... Has he peaked? Is yeah. this it? Yeah. Or can he get better? Yeah. I like to think he could. Sure. All right, next up, we're going to do Jimmy G really quick. <clears throat> I'll start off here. Pros of Jimmy G. Knows our system. He runs the the, the, the running first, play action, uh, dink and dunk, West Coast offense. Mm -hmm. He knows it well. Yep. Well, I think my first one's actually mirrored yours because I said he's very accurate on short throws. Yeah, um, he's, very much so. He's very he's very quick. He's very quick getting the ball out. He's very accurate. Um, his accuracy within fifteen, I think twenty yards is is pretty spot on. Uh, next up, kind of going off of the uh, one of the cons for Derek Carr is he has playoff slash winning experience. He's been to a Super Bowl, been to the playoffs, was on the Patriots with you know Tom Brady, but obviously playoff Super Bowls, et cetera. He's seen it all. So. 
that's huge. I think you can't put a you can't put a price on that kind of uh, right. like uh, veteran leadership on a team. Um, one of the pros that goes against with the cons with Derek Carr is he can move within the pocket. He can yeah. extend plays. Sure. He's not quick. He's not fast, but he knows where to move. He knows where pressure's coming from. He can slide into a pocket. He can slide out of a pocket and extend that play. And with that being said, if you don't mind me interrupting, sure, sorry. I think Derek Carr would be able to do that if needed. It's right. just their offense doesn't require it in, sure. in Vegas. No, I, so I think that. if, if yeah. Kevin Stefanski was like, hey, roll out, and if you don't see anything, get five yards, yeah. Derek Carr could do it, Sure, I think. That makes sense. I've just seen it more. I've seen Jimmy G have to do it more. Oh, for you sure. You know what I mean? And so I think that would come natural to him. But, yeah, the ability to extend plays is, is a pro, in my opinion. All right, next up for a pro here for me, he's very accurate. Same thing I had with Derek Carr. This is something that I think is crucial in the NFL. You have to be accurate and you have to be consistent with it. Jimmy G's been very accurate in his whole career. Um, well, I'm going to disagree with you when we get to the cons. He's accurate short. He's horrible when it comes to deep passes. Oh, right, but our offense isn't yeah, built for deep. I get um, that. Yeah, that's why, that's why I said my first one percentage high strictly accuracy within 10 to 15 Because how many passes from Baker that are only 10 to 15 yards and he misses them? Yeah, oh, so I get that. I get that. I'll take a guy that can complete those. Um, and I don't have no more pros for, for Jimmy G. I'm not a huge Jimmy G fan. I will just put that out there. Sure. Um, I, I think he was someone who would probably run this offense pretty well, but I just can't find many pros in my opinion, other than the fact that he's a Belichick coached or he was a set behind Tom Brady. That's one of my um, pros for it. Is, I'm sorry. Not, not to take no, you're fine. You, I'll, yeah. I'll piggyback off again. I put learn from the best. Sure. Yeah. Who has he been with? He was with one of the greatest offensive minds. Well, one of the greatest football minds in Bill Belichick, one of the yep. greatest quarterbacks of all time in Brady. Um, obviously, uh, Josh McDaniels, yep. and then he goes to, uh, yeah, Kyle Shanahan, who's one a great offensive mind. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's learned, learned from, from great, a lot people. Of great people. I'm, I'm cool with that. that. My other pro, and it's kind of a question also, motivated. He has been kicked off two teams that did not see a future in him, being the Patriots, who with an aging Tom Brady, they could have said, Jimmy, we're going with you. They were like, no, we're good. They got rid of him. Yeah. 49ers trade for him, takes him to a Super Bowl, plays great that year. He's kind of had some issues. They draft a new quarterback. Jimmy G's on the way out. Yep. Is he motivated to go, I'll fucking show them? That's kind of a pro. It's also a little bit of a, there's I, I, no guarantee. It's That's a good just transition I put it on there. into the cons because yeah. I don't think he's motivated. Okay. Um, my number one thing with my number one con with him is durability. He's injured all the time. Mine also, I put injury prone. Number he, one thing I put, it's like he misses so many games because he does get hurt quite often. Yes. And it's unfortunate. I agree with it's that. Unfortunate injuries because I think that if he had been healthy, there wouldn't be a Trey Lance in San Francisco. There wouldn't be any kind of question as to who he was, because I think you could, you could live with a healthy Jimmy G that will get you where you need to go. Especially if you build a really good solid defense that San Francisco has tried to do when they went to that Super Bowl. Uh, but yeah, injuries and being um, durable is probably their number one con. I agree with that. Um, my second con, because I had injury prone also, is drastic decline. He went from having a great year in 2019, went to the Super Bowl, Pro Bowler, you know, amazing year. And obviously he's been hurt, but his numbers have not even been close. He hasn't looked like the same guy. Um, I don't know if that's because of the injuries. Maybe he does need to just get himself fully healthy and he'll be better off. But at the same time... I think there's something to be said there. Maybe he just had a fluke year. So drastic uh, decline is a huge, oh yeah. cu- huge concern for me. Another one for me is uh, he's he's a Baker wannabe here. He's not very good at second reads. He's kind of a one-read quarterback, in my opinion. He, for sure. He, he, he looks for the one read. If he has to get off the first read, that's where he gets happy feet, and that's where he, I think he makes bad decisions. Um, and that's why what leads to some of his – chucking the ball up there down the field type things, but I just think he's not very good at at reading his progressions correctly. I agree with that. And uh, my third con, and this one's a little petty, but it's something that I've, I've mentioned about Baker, so I'll mention it here. Zero Pro Bowls. 
to me, it just shows that he is an average quarterback at best. I right. think with not go- going to a Pro Bowl isn't really that tough in the NFL. Even getting, you know, being a secondary guy, I would accept that. I haven't been to the Pro Bowl though. So right, I- that's why I would never want you to start for the for the Browns at <laughs> quarterback. But uh, but yeah, he's never been to a Pro Bowl. So for me, that's to me that that's just concerning. That shows you that like out of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL, at least in terms of Pro Bowl considerations, he's never been close. So. That that's alarming to me. I want I want the best if I'm the Browns. And my final con with him, and I'll combine both of them because they're probably they go hand in hand, um, is the fact that he he just makes bad. In my opinion, he just makes bad choices more often than good choices, um, and that leads into the poor deep accuracy. That leads into throwing like in a double and triple coverage sometimes. It all stems from the fact that he just doesn't have good progressions. That it's like a, it's like a it's like the trickle down effect. You don't go off your first read. It leads you to get out of the pocket and kind of scramble a little bit more, make bad choices. You chuck the ball up there. You throw in the double triple coverage, which leads to interceptions. I just I just think he's a Baker two in my opinion. I'll piggyback off that because I have something similar, and I put same as as Derek Carr. I put has he peaked? Slash, is he really better than Baker? If you get Jimmy G, are you really improving no. your quarterback position? No. I really don't see it either. I think it's I think a lateral they, move. Um, it's like he he is Baker is ninety nine point nine percent Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. So you get that point one percent better. Maybe is it worth it to me? And not the point one percent is just who you've worked behind and trained with, and that's pretty much yep. it. And that's I don't think that's I don't that's not a direction the Browns should be going. And I know he's been the utmost professional with the Trey Lance situation coming into San Francisco, but my other thing is a little bit of drama. I know when he went out to San Francisco, there were all the stories of him dating porn stars, and he was under a microscope that he wasn't used to. What's wrong with that? Nothing, but he just brings a little drama that, if you're a Browns fan and you complain that the drama from the media and from Baker Mayfield is I'd too much. I'd rather him be banging porn stars than his girlfriend on Instagram talking about how the Browns don't care for him. A wife? Or are you talking about the one that blew oh, him at Cheesecake I'm Factory? Sorry. Yes, that Because I don't think it's his girlfriend. It's just a <laughs> chick that blows him. That Cheesecake comment last night in that space it was good. classic. Yeah. So uh, that was our pros and cons segment. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We're going to just break down quarterbacks and how they, why they would work and why they could potentially not I, work I'll here in honest, Cleveland. I'll I like throw, that. I'll throw it out there. Derek Carr is, my, I think, uh, one of my need-to-go-gets. If you can't get a Watson or a Rodgers, you need to go get Carr. When I did some super digging, like obviously I know about Derek Carr and, and his – on the place, on the field play. But when I looked up the other day about all the drama, I didn't realize how many head coaches he had gone through. In, in his first year that he was drafted, he was a second-round pick, came in, started immediately. Jack Del Rio was the head coach at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Fired. New head coach, fired. I don't even remember their names. You know, interim did, head coaches, wait, didn't, guys didn't fired. did McCullough coach him too, um, our old coach? Which one? Didn't um... – oh, my I mean, God. What's, what's I'll his look it name? up while you talk. What's his name? Well, actually, what I'll was talk. the 16 coach? Oh my god, why am I having a brain fart right now? Um, Hugh Jackson didn't Hugh, yeah, Hugh Jackson, Jackson coach the Raiders, or wasn't he like an interim coach with uh, Derek Carr? I don't remember honestly. He took the Raiders to like an eight and eight season, and that's what he piggybacked off to get a head coaching job. Actually, I don't know if Derek Carr was there for that. He might have been. Let me look. Let's see. We have list of Raiders head coaches, and we have 2014 when he was drafted. Okay, so Hugh Jackson was 2011, so that was way before Derek Carr. Okay. So you were right. Yeah, Hugh Jackson was there for one year. Um, in 2014, they had Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano? Yeah. Actually, they had Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen got fired. Tony Soprano filled in for interim. So that's two head coaches in one year for Derek Carr. Jack Del Rio was then hired 2015 to 2017. Three head coaches in three years. Next up, John Gruden, 2018 to 2021. That is four coaches in seven years. That's crazy. Now, Rick Basaccia is the other coach. 
So he's had five coaches in seven years. And Baker's had three. Four. Baker's had technically, I mean, we'll count interim coaches. So, uh, yes, he's had four coaches in four years. So for the fans that say, oh, look at his situation, you know, what quarterback can succeed in this? I Again, I point you to Derek Carr. I point you to Justin Herbert, who is on coach number two and is about to possibly make the playoffs if they beat the Raiders on Sunday. Yeah, he's having a pretty good season. He's having a very good season. So for all these fans that are just making up the excuses, there are examples everywhere you fucking look if you just open your eyes and see it. So again, I hope you guys like the pros and cons segment. Um, In in no no way, shape, or form are we ranking the quarterbacks yet. It's just more so we want to give you guys, get you guys educated on the potential quarterbacks. Because again, as I say, I'm not trying to sound smarter than anybody, but... I look at it as if if we can help teach you guys about quarterbacks and if, if we say a con or a pro about somebody and they come to Cleveland and we're dead wrong and they end up flopping or whatever, by all means, call me out on yeah. it. I'm just going over what I see as as what my eyes tell me. Well, here's my other question too is that Baker's on the IR now. You can't trade people when they're on the IR. Yeah. So is he gonna is he technically off the IR once the season's over? Yeah, like, in the offseason, you could trade okay. anybody. I yeah. just want to make sure. Okay. It, it's up to the team more so. The team will give him a physical. Obviously, they'll know that he's not in game shape at the time of the physical. Because he had surgery and Assuming stuff, we and... trade him in, you know, like March or whatever yeah. when the trade deadline starts. So, yeah, you can still trade him. It's just they, they know of what's going to happen. They'll be in touch with the doctors, his rehab process, et cetera. They'll have all the information that yeah. they need. Okay. That's one thing I was thinking about. Yeah, no, no. You're allowed to do but that. But you can't trade people that are on IR even regular season. You can't do that. But you can if they're off. The I mean, I think you technically you can. It's, again, it just boils down to, like, the, the extent of the injury. Like, if a guy has a broken hand and it's like, okay, he's out for a, a, a few weeks, he's on the IR, but when he comes back, we can use him. You know you're, you're taking a risk, but you, you'll take him. But if Got a guy it. has like a torn ACL, you're probably not going to want to trade for him because right. you're like, I'm not dealing with that rehab process. Makes sense. Uh, to break up the monotony a little bit, I thought it would be kind of fun for Kyle and I to do a, while we're, while we're doing pros and cons list, I thought, let's do another list. And this is something a little different. You guys chime in. I'd love to hear your guys' uh, ideas. I was watching The Office the other day, and I'm watching the Fire episode, season two, where Ryan started the fire. <laughs> um I want to do a desert island movie list. So I told Kyle the other day, let's come up with a list. And he obliged. And here we are. It was hard, man. I'm so we'll go lie. down from top to bottom, five to one. We'll go one at a time. We'll go back and from forth. Top to bottom or bottom to top? Well, bottom to top. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So five to one. I'll start my fifth desert island movie, Dumb and Dumber. For Classic. me, one of my favorite. I, I quote it all the time. I love it. I, anytime it's on, I'll watch it. I love that movie so much. It's it's classic. I love that movie. So that's definitely something I could watch for the rest of my life. I will uh, I will parallel off of your Dumb and Dumber and go Liar Liar because I'm a huge. That, that oh, that Jim, would be on your list. Yeah, really, Jim, I love that movie too. Uh, I love Jim. Yeah, Carrey. I could watch a movie over and over again. Uh, it's a great movie. All right. Fourth. Uh, it's a great episode. Great, great part. Of yeah, we're watching The Long Night. The Game of Thrones episode. It's playing in the background here as we record. I figured it was fitting because this season has felt like the long night. It has yes. felt like the longest year of football. I know there's only one extra week, but am I crazy? Is this not felt like the longest fucking football season of all time? Yes. I feel like I forgot that we had a game this on Sunday. This is six seasons in one to me, it feels yeah, like. I, feel this like is, we, I forgot that we had a, a game on Sunday, to be honest. This has taken years off my life. <laughs> you look older today. I do. I feel it. All right. Next up for me, fourth place. This is one that not everybody might be familiar with, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Mick Gruber. 
Oh my god! I Mick fucking Gruber. love this. Have you seen it? Right? Yeah, I've seen the yeah movie. I, I love you, this you, movie. Have you watched? They have it on Peacock. Oh, I already now. saw the whole season. Oh. I watched it immediately. Okay, it was great. I love that movie so much. Will Forte's <laughs> character <laughs> is so fucking funny. I I watch that movie all the time. I love it. It's oh, so goddamn that funny. Is, that is a good movie. Uh, my number four is the uh, Sandlot. Okay, uh, classic. Love it, love it. If I, I was I was back and forth in a couple sports movies like Field of Dreams, Sandlot, and then remember the Titans. All of like to me are really good movies. Classic, sure. Um, but yeah, Sand, I could watch Sandlot over and over again. Qu- great classic quotable movies, you know, just over and over. Yeah. Um, my next movie, as you can tell, it, this is a very comedy heavy thing. I just love comedies. Yeah, I could watch sure. a comedy all day. Obviously, I love horror movies and shit too, but comedies are are my shit. My third movie, Tommy Boy. I got to have a Chris Farley movie on there. Tommy Boy is my favorite Chris Farley movie. I tell Tara, Tommy want wingy all the time when I want wings. I love it. I quote that movie all the time. Like, I, I love that fucking movie. I watch. That's another one that... These are pretty much my Desert Island movies because anytime they're on TV, I'm watching them. Yeah, sure. There's no question. Yeah, and so these are also movies you just know by heart that you, if you look I'll at your quote phone them for all a minute, day, I love them. Anything. So that's my my number three. Uh, my number three would be Happy Gilmore. Okay, um, classic Adam, Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. Great sports movie, but just hilarious. Another quotable Adam Sandler movie. I think it's one of his best. Oh yeah, um, for sure. That, that and Waterboy are kind of a toss up for me, but I, I'm gonna go Happy Gilmore. Classic. Number two, have to go with one of my favorites of all time. The original Halloween. That's oh, yeah, one that I need. Yeah. I need to have that with me if I'm stuck on an island. That's got to be in my top five. Sure. Just goes without saying. You guys know my love for Halloween. Um, one of my top two. One that I've seen a million times. Uh, Rounders. Um, oh, okay. Is that uh, Kevin Bacon? No, no. It's uh, Matt Damon. Or Matt, Matt Damon. Matt I'm sorry. Affleck, yeah. So they're all in that one. But what was uh, I thinking of Kevin uh, Bacon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, Footloose, maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, that's it. But uh, Rounders, I've watched that so many times. You know, growing up, I play poker a lot. Obviously, I don't. You yeah. know that everyone knows that. But when we, when I was younger, we'd always have people come over every Sunday and play poker. But we'd always put Rounders out in the background and we'd just play and repeat. And it's just I can quote that movie. You know, there's there's great great parts of that movie. I just could watch it over and over again, no problem. All right, my number one, my all time favorite movie of all time. I, I shouldn't have said all time twice there, but I did. Goodfellas. That's my favorite movie of all time. I love that movie. If it's on TV, regardless if there's five minutes left or if it just started, I am putting it on. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, I I love it. That's my favorite movie. This is why I wanted. This is why if we went like genre and like broke down, like I'll be honest, Goodfellas is in my like it would be in my top five. Yeah. Um, that with Casino, that with um, and and, oh, those are all close to being in my list. I love mob movies. But my number one movie is right in the same theme of that. It's The Godfather. Okay. Um, See, I like The Godfather, but for me, Goodfellas is a better movie. Yeah, I I mean, Goodfellas is great. I love Goodfellas. I mean, um, I also thought about my cousin Vinny too, because Joe Pesci is amazing in that movie. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh, But but Godfather uh, one and two. I'm gonna say that right now. One and two, I would watch. Godfather three and get fucked because they they ruined that entire trilogy with that third movie. Yeah. Um, but Godfather, if I had to rank them, I would say Godfather two is my favorite. Then Godfather one would be the second favorite. But just the entire Godfather series, I'm a huge huge Pesci fan, huge uh, Pacino fan. I mean, uh, huge uh, De Niro fan. I mean, they they that movie's just great. So I looked it up. My Kevin Bacon thought I was thinking of Sleepers. Oh Jesus! Yeah, That's, we're not even close. Yeah, I just I don't know the one word name. I'm <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, Kevin Bacon, man, Hollow Man, uh, <laughs> Hollow Man. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so. Uh... That was that's our our desert island list. I would it love was, to hear from you guys if you guys. I'm wanna... driving over here. I even talking talking to Jess. I'm like, what what movies do I love? You know, and and she was listing off a couple. I'm like, yeah, I like them, but I don't love them. You know, and so yeah, it's, it was. Hard that's kind of where I'm at. I'm thinking like there are movies that I could watch all day, every day. Like there were a couple that were close to making my list that that are probably movies that like not not a lot of people are like familiar with. Yeah. Like for me, Observe and Report with Seth Rogen 
is one of my favorite movies of all time where he plays the mall cop. I yeah. love that fucking movie so much. I was close to you putting don't like, like Paul Blart. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I was close to putting Basketball on the list. That's another one I could watch all day. Like and even not just there were some horror movies. The Conjuring's one of my yeah. favorite horror movies of all time. So I mean honestly I would throw it out there it's a weird movie. No one's probably gonna laugh at me, but everyone knows this. A dirty dancing. It's a I okay. mean, it's a it's a it's a one of those like Oh, you're gay for watching it, but I've uh, actually uh I'll I'll be honest here, I've never seen it. That's fine. It's just not you, you it doesn't probably, seem like I would you like probably it. probably wouldn't like it. Um it was just more one of those things that uh, my grand my grandparents loved that movie. And my grandfather always used to watch this one part of it and get like ape shit crazy. Like when this like and laugh his ass off because there's a part in the movie where like this chick just loses her fucking mind and screams. And every time that part was on, my grandfather's laugh. And that's like a memory in my mind. So I watch it every time it's on. Yeah. It's no, a great I've never, movie. never seen it, just never really <laughs> struck I mean I never saw the Matrix until two nights ago. Yeah. First time ever watching it. It was it was it was bad to watch in current movies, time. Movies don't hold up very well sometimes. Um, but yeah, that was fun. That was cool to do. We'll do other shit like that. Like maybe we'll do uh, do books or something, or you know, albums, whatever. We'll fuck around and keep doing this kind of stuff. I enjoy doing this. It's just some something to break up the monotony of sports. And obviously, football season's coming down to down to the end here in a little bit. We're only going to have a few Top games to five discuss. Board games. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'm bored just thinking about it. Um, so yeah, that was something different, something figured we could do. And with that being said, I'm not really going to recap last week's games. I mean, we don't really have to. We'll do this week's. We'll go over the playoff scenario again. Uh, a couple huge games coming up. We have Kansas City playing Denver on Saturday. Today, actually, I'm sorry. Um, We have, if they win and Tennessee loses, Kansas City gets the number one seed. So Kansas City has to play their starters today. Cincinnati has a chance to get number one seed. That's crazy to me. Do they really? Yeah, Kansas City loses, and Cincinnati wins, they have a chance to get number one seed. Wait. No shit. Yeah, there's a chance for them to get number one seed. If 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 the Bengals win and beat us tomorrow, and Kansas sure. City loses today, I think that's the... There might be one more thing that has to happen, but there is a chance Cincy could still get number one seed. Let me see if they have it's it. It's a slight here. chance, but they could get, they could get it. I think there's something else that has to happen too. Okay. Let's uh let's take a gander here. Yeah, I mean, I guess a ten and six. They're uh they have a chance. I didn't realize the Titans were only eleven and five. I say only, but eleven and five. I mean, yeah, there's got to be a way. I'm sure someone has posted on uh, one of the groups we follow. It says they need a Rams win and a Saints win too. Um, who dat? So I'm assuming they're a Bengals fan. So I assume. Well, wait. Who do they play? Never mind. That wouldn't factor in with us. No, who dat's the oh, who day right. is the Bengals? Who dat is New Orleans? God, I'm sorry, I get confused by the who they and who dat. No, what the fuck? I don't How about know. who gives a fuck about that? Yeah, but I, I truly, <laughs> no, I, 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 it's so weird to me that since he has a chance to slide that number one seed. Yeah, Bills but, are Bills but, are ten and six. Patriots are ten and six. Bengals are ten and six. Titans eleven and five. Kansas City. So they hold. The yeah, tie? they just did. Yeah, so they go. hold the so tiebreaker. That's, that's why. Okay. Uh, but Bengals don't fucking care. Spoiler alert: everyone. I don't expect Kansas City to win. And yeah, the Bengals are benching everybody well, because you, you expect Kansas City not to lose, right? Did I say to win? Yeah, you didn't expect them to win. I do expect them to win. Yeah, yeah, no, they are gonna win. Yeah, but I'm saying there's always a chance. But then again, I don't think. Spoiler alert: we're not gonna win tomorrow. So the Bengals mm. could beat us with their backups. Mm. <laughs> we'll get to that. All right. Uh, yeah. So the playoff picture is pretty much set uh, in a sense. The only teams vying for the last spot in the AFC are the Chargers and the the Raiders. Winner gets into the playoffs, and technically, I think it's they both get in if they tie. It's like a weird scenario because the Steelers still have a small chance. The Ravens still have a small chance. Uh, there's some weird shit going on. Basically, if the Colts lose to the Jaguars. All hell's going to break loose. Some shit can go down, but most people expect them to win that game pretty handedly. Um, 
But right now, Bills, Patriots, Bengals, Titans, and Colts are almost locks. And then, oh, the Chiefs too. I forgot them. And then the uh, the Chargers and Raiders winner gets into the playoffs. That'll probably be the last wild card spot. But we'll see what happens. A lot of shit going down. Uh, we won't really know anything until tomorrow night because again, the the Raiders Chargers game holds so much so much weight for everything. And the Colts' top priority is to win tomorrow. In the NFC, the Cowboys have locked up the division. The Eagles have locked up a wild card spot. The Packers have locked up the number one seed. The Buccaneers have locked up the uh, NFC South and the Rams need to win to keep the West. The Cardinals, they play the Niners who are also, they need to win to get into the playoffs possibly. So there's a lot of games going on. Like I don't have it in front of me You're directly. You're welcome, but... Kyle Shanahan. We've helped you uh, motivate yourself this year. Yeah, so this one doesn't go into any detail. I'm on the NFL thing. It just says tie-breaking procedures, but it doesn't actually explain to you the right. tie-breakers. Okay. So some good games. We'll go over them all as we do, as we do our breakdowns last week. Uh were there really many too too many upsets? I mean, no, pretty I, honestly, standard week. I, yeah, it was. I I watched the football games last. I week. had a pretty good week of picks. Like everything. Oh, kind I, of went I as went we for expected. the Gusto oh, last you did, week, and, and I lost my ass. But so hey, you, okay. you got scared money didn't make no money or whatever the fuck right? people Absolutely. say. I don't understand it, but that's what people say. Well, I'll cross this off. We were both way wrong with picking Cleveland, so we have that going for us. We were not even. Close. I don't know the final score, but I our, think, our I scores, think you won. Yeah, I, I haven't done them yet. I'll, I'll do them next week. We'll be official, and then we'll we'll start a new one for the good, playoffs. Good thing we didn't get that hot sauce challenge. I think we should do a, a bet for the playoffs, though. Okay, we could do that. Um, well, with that being said, <laughs> let me get my picks up, and we'll go over them right now. And Here's I have how to... much I've cared about my picks this week. Okay, fair enough. I have <laughs> I have not submitted mine into Facebook because I think I did message our our leader or like the group leader, and I told him that I'll get my picks in at the very last minute today. Because I don't want, I don't want anybody to watch my picks and go opposite, yeah. and then win because they just watched my picks. Yeah. I want people to submit your did picks. You text that to him. I did. Not, okay. What do you say? He said, "Hey, fair sense, enough. That's know. fair." So, I mean, I think that's fair. If yeah, I lose, I, I agree. If I lose, I want to lose fair and square. Well, that one Larry guy is on your ass by two games, I think. Exactly. So. And Mike's on me by three. Yeah. So that's one of those things where, like, I don't want to make my picks. And some of the games are 50-50 games. I love you the have, fact that he's paranoid, though. Just, he really is. Like, you heard me. Every pick I made on our show was yeah. the same on my paper. Yeah, absolutely. And he's like, hmm, okay. Because I made my picks <laughs> after he posted his. But it's like, I didn't change so my I picks. I for you. I was like, I, yeah. I was there. I saw these picks. Also, another thing that I did is I screenshot. When I made my picks Tuesday morning this week, yeah. the only one that I changed is Cincinnati to Cleveland. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll spoil that one here. I already said it earlier. So that's the only one that I changed on my page, but I screenshot it just to let everybody know that it says on there, if I can get it to work. I don't know why it's not working. Whatever, I'll find it. Um, maybe I didn't. Yeah, there it is. Tuesday at 11 a.m. The only one that I changed is I'm I'm picking Cleveland instead of Cincinnati. But when I made my original picks, it was Tuesday morning, and I'm not changing any of the other ones. Okay. So my official picks do have um, Cleveland winning. But here we go. First game of the day, Kansas City at Denver. As I said earlier, I don't think Kansas City loses this game. No way, shape, or form. Yeah, give me give me Kansas City here. That should be they good. are battling for the one seed still. I think there's a lot on the line, so they are not going to go out. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't think Patrick Mahomes has ever lost to Denver. There's some weird stat like that. I mean, not that it's important, but I, I think I heard that. So maybe, yeah. I think that continues. Um. Next up, 
Dallas at Philadelphia. Battle of the division. Uh, really not a ton at stake here other than seeding. So I, as far as I know, they're not benching anybody, right? I didn't hear no, that. No, both teams are full, full so, strength. With that being said, I think Dallas is going to win. I think they're the better team. Philly's been playing well, but they've also been playing some shittier opponents. Uh, Dallas has had some hit or miss days, but I'm going to go with Dallas. I think Dallas needs to kind of find their form here getting into the playoffs. Keeping with my retro of trying to make catch-up games, I'm taking Philly here. Okay. Um, at home, I think the Eagles, I mean, the Eagles are, are they a chance to get in the playoffs? I think they They, 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 they have are. a wild card spot locked. Yeah, so yeah, they're mean, in. I think that Philly wins. I think at home, it's a, it's a division rivalry. I think they want to get that win. So yeah, I think they take the victory. All right, next up, I accidentally lost the picture. Here it is. Uh, we'll do Cleveland last. So Green Bay at Detroit. Green Bay has not officially announced it, but they're more than likely benching everybody, which makes me want to pick Detroit. But at the same time, Detroit is no, battling. Aaron Rodgers is starting, he said. Oh, he is? I yeah. thought he was joking on the, the Manning cast. No, I think he really said he's going to play. Like, he actually said he's going to start the game. Okay. So yeah. if he plays a little bit, even yeah. if they take him out at halftime, yeah. um, I think Detroit's going to try to tank. And that's because Detroit, if Detroit loses and Jacksonville somehow wins, Detroit gets the number one pick. Yeah. So there's a lot on the line for Detroit in terms of their future, and I think they're okay with tanking this game to try to get that yeah. draft pick with yeah. literally nothing on the line. So I'm going Green Bay here. Yeah, I'm taking Green Bay too. Next up, Minnesota, or Chicago at Minnesota, sorry. You know my pick here, so. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page with you. Uh, <laughs> Justin Fields is out with COVID. He will not make this final start of the season. They're going Andy Dalton, Chicago. What a, what a roller coaster of a season that kid had. Though. It'll be better when Nagy's yeah, there, um, or when Nagy's gone. I think even with Andy Dalton starting, Chicago's been playing relatively well. Yeah. But Minnesota at home, they do have a terrible defense, but their offense can score. I'm going Minnesota here. Yep, same, Minnesota. Washington at Giants. The New York Giants are one of the worst football teams of all time. They are putting records for... Speaking of records, we didn't even talk about this one. Congrats to Baker Mayfield. We don't give him any credit on the show, and we only bash him. Congrats for him to him for setting the record for most incompletions in a row of the 2021 season at 10. Oh, really? So, kudos. Oh, you oh, didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, Monday night, he threw 10 straight incompletions, and that is a record for the is 2021 season. He better. I, I'm I'm writing a letter to Goodell. Is it going to come in a Fred Geely box for him to open? I'm going to hand deliver it to him <laughs> and let him know. Um, but yeah, the Giants are having one of the worst seasons of all time. They are, they are very, very bad. It's unbearable. Uh, Washington is a decent team. They're fluttering around 500. They've had their ups and downs in terms of people getting hurt, COVID, et cetera. Uh, obviously Chase Young, they've lost him for the season. That was a huge loss. So I still think they're the better team than the Giants. The Giants are God awful. So I'm going Washington here. Yeah, this is a pretty easy pick. Next, speaking of Washington, oh, real quick though, so I saw another name pop up that they might go. They said I saw Washington Admirals as one, but I also saw Washington um, Commanders as another possibility. Someone like show like a graphic of like a stolen picture from someone that Commanders was in like a little circle, like a graphic that they designed or whatever. So, what do you think about the Admirals or Commanders as a potential team? Uh I like Admirable Admirals. That's that's not bad. I mean, I was thinking earlier. Uh, the other day, I didn't tell you. I was talking about it with some guys at work. Why don't they just go to the Washington Pigskins? The football, yeah, it's similar to Redskins. You can still call them the Skins, and it's not offensive. Yeah, their fans are called the Hogs. Yep, Pigskins kind of writes itself. Does that right? not make sense to you? I mean, that one, to me, that's pretty easy. I feel like Peter probably would step up, right? No, I mean, no, I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, you have you have other teams that are named after animals. Yeah. it's no different. Yeah. 
That's a good. I mean, I like that. I, I mean, just think that's marketing that, would be great. Right, your logo could be like a cool football or something like with the Washington who in it or something. Up as as pigs that come to that game, right? So. It, it does kind of work perfectly for that situation. But hey, again, what do I know? I'm just you're a guy. not a marketing major. <laughs> I'm just a, yeah, I, I just come up with great ideas that nobody cares about. It is what it is. Um, next up, we have the big game: Indianapolis against Jacksonville. Indy wins; they're in the playoffs. If they lose. All hell breaks loose in the playoffs, and obviously we're huge Colts fans this weekend because that could mean if they lose, the door's open for the for the Ravens and Steelers to possibly get into the playoffs. Yeah, and I need that door sealed shut, slammed <laughs> shut, cemented. Whatever. I feel like what a, what a team to have to play a, a winner go home game against, right? Could you have drawn a luckier team to play? Yes and no. There's a the 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 Colts struggle in. Indian in in Jacksonville over the last few years. Obviously, this is a new head coach, new quarterback, etc. New running back, yeah. Well, same one from last year. They oh, struggled, but yeah. But either way, but yeah, the way he's playing Offensive this year, scheme. it's a new yeah. man. Yeah. So I definitely, I'm going with the Colts. I think that they should win pretty easily. Yeah, I think the Colts because again, Jacksonville's playing for the number one overall pick. I have a feeling that their front office said, "Do not win this fucking game." We want back-to-back number one picks just like the Browns because we're trying to turn our franchise around. They have their quarterback. They're going to do exactly what the Browns did, except they probably got the better quarterback. They're going to go quarterback, defensive end. We went defensive end, quarterback. Yep. We thought it turned our franchise around. It did not. But that's what they're going for, I think. So I'm going Indy. Uh, fun fact here of the day for people that bash Carson Wentz all the time. Carson Wentz, if he does not throw an interception on Sunday, will be the first quarterback to not throw a road interception in football history. Oh, that's if cool. I'm not mistaken, he's wow. not thrown a road interception this year. So for all the people that compare him to Baker and say Carson Wentz is some bum quarterback, no road interceptions. That's kind of an important stat. That's kind of big. That's a pretty solid stat to live by. And again, they're about to go to the playoffs in his first year in Indianapolis. So weird. New coach, new offense, new team. Playoffs. How did he do it? I thought quarterbacks couldn't do, <laughs> couldn't live up to that adversity. All right. Now, again, this game means a lot if the Colts do lose. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Lamar Jackson is done for the year. And they're both at the same time, which is even even better. Yeah, so scoreboard they... watching will be going on in the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game. Yep. Uh, Ben's probable, if they don't make the playoffs by some crazy thing, will be his last game ever. Uh, no Lamar sure? Jackson. He hasn't committed to retirement yet. Yeah. He just said he won't be back in Pittsburgh. Well, I don't what does it, that mean? I think we've all seen enough of where. Welcome to Cleveland, I don't Ben think, Roethlisberger. I don't think there's going to be a long line of teams trying to, uh, excuse me, trying to sign him. <laughs> he did throw like 50 passes last week and only had 150 yards. Like that was almost unheard of in football. No one's ever seen that before. Um, Tyler Huntley is starting for the Ravens with Lamar Jackson still being out with that ankle injury. Uh, the Ravens surprisingly with Huntley have played really well. Like I'm shocked. I'm a huge Huntley fan. I'm not because he's on the Ravens, but I'm shocked. I, I hate I that he's so good. I would take him on the Browns. Oh yeah, he's a guy. That there, there were. It was funny. People were putting up the other the other day a couple weeks ago. They were saying Baker Mayfield is now the fifth best quarterback in the AFC uh, North because Huntley yeah. surpassed him. Um, but yeah, I, I like the way the Ravens have been playing. The Steelers have been so talk about Jekyll a team coming over adversity, and then yeah, that I mean, entire team more injuries than I've ever seen. Yeah. Their defense has guys in the secondary that I've never even heard of. That even John John Harbaugh probably has never heard of. Um, <laughs> Who the fuck is that guy? More than likely, I mean, he literally <laughs> went for two in a game and said, "Because we don't have any fucking corners, so I had to go for two. <laughs> we're either winning the game or we're not playing anymore." Um, 
So they've, they've had to go through a lot of adversity. I mean, don't get me wrong. I fucking hate the Ravens, but they've played really well. The Steelers have not really been that good. I mean, they took advantage of a shitty Browns team on Monday night, an unmotivated Browns team at that. They didn't give a shit. The defense yeah. looked good. The offense, obviously, especially Baker, did not look good. Our, our season was over at that time, so I kind of don't blame the players for not caring. Um, that was my worry. A young team that, that has the wind taken out of their sails. The Ravens, on the other hand, are playing for pride. They're a prideful organization, and they are still technically playing for a playoff spot. Yeah. So... I'm going with the Ravens here. Yeah, I think I, they are I, just the better team. Yeah, I took Baltimore here. It's pretty simple. I mean, I can't say I never picked Pittsburgh ever, ever. I did a couple times and it worked out, but this week I'm going with my gut. Uh, next up, to lock up the number one seed, speaking of having an easy opponent, Tennessee goes up against Houston. If they win, number one team in the AFC. Potential Derek Henry playing on Sunday, getting a couple snaps to get his feet wet. And then if they get the one seed, he gets a week off to yeah. practice and get himself healthier. Very, a very motivated Tennessee team. And then they're in the playoffs with a fresh Derek Henry in two weeks. Scary. Very scary. With that being said, I think they destroy the Texans yeah, tomorrow I, I and they, t- they lock up the one seed. Yeah, I take Tennessee. A lot of good football tomorrow. Absolutely. Especially with the, the stakes. I like that there's a lot of stakes. High stakes games. Speaking of high stakes, New Orleans and Atlanta. New Orleans, oh, surprisingly. With the shit they've gone through this year, they are still in the playoff hunt for the wild card. So uh, they need a huge win here. Taysom Hill, baby. Taysom Hill, that really good New Orleans defense going up against Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Possibly Matt Ryan's last game ever in, in Atlanta. I'm going New Orleans. I think New Orleans gets it done. I don't think, I mean, I don't know the playoff scenario. I think it's if the Rams beat the Niners, that eliminates the Niners. And yeah, if, if, the, if the Rams win and the Saints win, the Saints are in. Yeah. I think the Saints get into the playoffs, and they're they're kind of a scary team because of that defense. But at the same time, I think in the playoffs, when you game plan against a quarterback, the limitations of Taysom Hill, unless there's some fluky shit, which any given Sunday, I, I think the Saints could be a one-and-done team. But it would be a cool story to see them get in. I would like to uh, thank Taysom Hill for giving me my championship this year in fantasy football. Um, he uh, In the last game, couple games he actually started, I won those games, which propelled me into winning the belt. He just texted Boom. me and said, you're welcome. Thanks. Perfect. He's a great guy. Very um, nice. But yeah, give me the Saints in this one. I think they're going to win. Unlike you, I'd like to see them in the playoffs. It'd be interesting. All right. Next up. The Jets. Jets and Buffalo. Buffalo looking to win. If they win, they lock up the division. If they lose, the Patriots are taking on the Dolphins, and the Patriots could take the division. So I think the Bills want that home game. Uh, they want the higher seeding, obviously. And they're playing the Jets. So I'm going Buffalo here. I think it's going to be a pretty easy win for them. Yeah, Buffalo at home. I don't think it's going to be easy, though. It's going to be Buffalo that wins. But I think the Jets are going to put up a fight against Buffalo. I hope Buffalo puts them out of their misery early so I can text my friends and make fun of them. <laughs> Although when Tom Brady came back and beat the Jets last week, I uh, I laughed my ass off. I, I loved texting them and rubbing their face. Were they texting face. you to get in the game? Oh, you know? they were going, oh, they were like, Zach fucking Wilson, blah, blah, blah. And then when Tom Brady won, I just put, LOL, the fucking Jets, because they blew the game. Uh... Next up, San Fran at the Rams. Could this game is for game. all the marbles. This could one be should game. be like the game of the week. This one should have been a primetime game, yeah. I think. Um, they've been playing really well. I think the inconsistencies with the Niners, especially with the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo, is leading leaning me towards the Rams more than anything to win the division, and I'm sticking with it. That's my yeah, gut. I'm taking the Rams here. I, mean, I think it's going to be a really good game, though, but yeah, the Rams at home. Then we do have New England against Miami. This is a 4 o'clock game. Kind of weird that this one's a 4 o'clock game. They're all East Coast teams. But uh, weird. I think it's more so to put the drama on because it is. NFL doesn't plan that. What are you talking about? You'll see the Bills. And if the Bills somehow lose, then you watch this New England game and go, well, now the Patriots need to win yeah. and, and et cetera. So it's just a little bit about marketing and shit like that. But watching the refs a little bit more tomorrow. I'll see how these plays go. Since their go. season is done, I don't think Miami's going to have the heart to, to keep up with the Patriots. And no. I think Bill's going to. 
He's going to stick it to his old protege there in, in uh, whatever the fuck their head coach, Brian Flores. Flores yeah. So I'm going with New England. Yeah, I, I like New England. And New England, what a surprise team this year, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm taking New England here. And for those of you that thought Bill Belichick was a, a Tom Brady-only kind of guy, boy, were we mistaken. Yeah, he can do it with anybody. Seattle at Arizona, same thing. Arizona needs to win to keep their uh, potential division hopes alive if the Rams somehow lose. So I think they're going to come out there with a lot to, to, lot to uh, a lot of heart. J.J. Watt could potentially be coming back for them soon. They designated him to return from the IR. Yeah, which, I mean, who gives a fuck? He'll just he'll be hurt again in a couple of days. Uh, but they're playing Seattle. Seattle's pretty lifeless at this point. They've, they've had a couple decent games over the last few weeks. Rashad Penny's been playing out of his fucking mind at running back. But I'm going to take Arizona here at home. I think that they just needed a little bit more, so they're going to have a little more will. I think Seattle needs to bench Wilson so he can rest up to come to Cleveland next year, uh, but give me Arizona. Don't spoil our next pros oh, and cons I'm so segment. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, and then that gets us to Carolina at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, as those of you that know and saw, are going to be without Antonio Brown because he what, went— What happened? He decided to strip down to his almost a skeevies and quit football in the middle of the game. What, well, a, sh- what a shit show that the story Buccaneers. is turning into. You know, it's it's weird. It's double sided. I'm not exactly sure what to, to make of it. I've heard from some people that it could potentially it was it went two ways. He was either told to get in there and play and said no, or he was told to stay on the bench and he was pissed because he wanted to catch balls and get an incentive. He then came out and said that they told him to play, even though he's, his ankle hurt, he said no. And they basically told him then get the fuck out of here. So he's claiming that they, they were forcing him to play hurt and trying to get rid of him. If he didn't play, we'll never know the true story, but based on how crazy he's gotten since then, and now he's calling out Tom Brady, he's throwing Bruce Arians all over the place. He's shitting on everybody. I think it's the the finger pointing is going right to Antonio Brown. He just looks like a, a loose cannon. And that who, concussion really fucked him up. It did. That Vontez Perfect ruined his life, and he's gone. I mean, he quit football. He's a free agent, cleared waivers. I can't imagine any team's going to put up with his shit regardless of his in, talent. I thought he was in Cleveland. They're going to sign him uh, after we get rid of Baker. Because imagine him yelling about Baker not throwing him the ball. <laughs> we don't need that again. I don't know if Antonio Brown's parents are alive, but I don't need his dad on YouTube showing about how open he is. Um. Tampa Bay at Carolina, though. Tampa Bay has a lot of guys out, but Carolina is a dumpster fire. Yeah. So I'm going Tampa Bay. Yeah. Give me, give me yeah. Brady. Second second string Tampa Bay is still better than first string Carolina. So. And then, last but not least, for anything not Cleveland-related, we have the Chargers at Vegas for the playoffs. Winner gets in. That's it. Win and you're in. I love these kind of games. I cannot fucking wait to watch this one. Uh, should be a good one. We get to see our boy Derek Carr. We get to see Justin Herbert, a, a nice young rising star in football. This is a tough game to pick because of how well they play each other. But at the end of the day, I'm just going with the overall well-rounded team. And unfortunately, I think the issues that the Raiders have dealt with this year come to a head. And I'm going with the Chargers. Nah, give me the Raiders, baby. Really? Riding with Derek Carr. Okay. Let's go. I think that uh, at home, because they are at home, right? Yep. Yeah, they are. Um, I think the heart and soul, God himself is going to come down, be playing behind Derek Carr and play with him. I think they get the win. All right. Last but not least, Cleveland and Cincinnati. We kind of spoiled our picks earlier. Do we have to talk about this game? Yes and no. I think okay. it, I think it's, for me as a Browns fan, I'm not watching this in any way of like paying attention to game scheming and, and play calling and how many snaps Nick Chubb gets and shit like that. Personally, I want to lose. I want the better draft pick at this point. Don't win a meaningless game and, and fuck yourself. Who cares? 
However, I think that we are going to win because we do have Case Keenum out there. I think the offense is going to flow because we have a true professional behind center. He's going to do what's asked of him. I think our defense has been playing so well lately. They have a chip on their shoulder. They want to keep that momentum up, and they're going to play great against Brandon Allen, I think, is starting for the uh, for the Bengals. And, I mean, I don't know. I think the last time we played them, we were able to stop their offense, and that was with Joe Burrow and all their starters. Now we get to do it against jo- uh, Brandon Allen with our backup quarterback at the same time. But, I don't know. I was kind of torn. This is a real 50-50 game for yeah. me. This one could make or break, depending on how the other people pick in our league. I just have a gut feeling that Cleveland's going to win. I know we're the favorite by Vegas right now, so I'm just kind of going with that. Right. Uh, the home team, uh, I think it's going to be shitty for the fans. I don't. I can't, it's supposed to be like cold and rainy on uh, Sunday. It's supposed to be horrible. I can't imagine a lot of fans will be there in a meaningless game, but uh, I think... I think I don't know. I think Wait, the Browns I got take your it. tickets. You don't want to go tomorrow now? No, thank you. I'd, <laughs> I'd use them as fire, a fire starter. Uh, but yeah, I'm going with the with the with the Browns just because fuck it, why not? Yeah, I'm going Cincy. Okay. I, I just I just don't think Cleveland cares. Um, I mean, I, I understand uh, Keenum. I, I hope he plays well. Um, I'm prepared to take shit um, when he doesn't play well tomorrow if that happens too. Um, but no, I, I would take I'm taking Cincinnati tomorrow. I mean, I look at it as how fitting. Off topic a little bit, but how fitting. Baker's last pass as a Cleveland Brown was an interception. If this, if that was his last pass, and that that one wasn't his fault, the ball got knocked out of the receiver's hand. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't a terrible throw, but, but still. But at the same time, it is just a fitting end to a shit story. His farewell video will end with that pass. Yep. <laughs> so that's that, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for us. We are. We did this one on Saturday because we have some day drinking to get to. We do. We have some stuff going on. It's 12.30 on Saturday. Enjoy your football weekend in the playoffs. We will be back again midweek. We're going to do it on Wednesday. We're going to do the playoff picks and get you guys set up. Uh, NBA-wise, the Cavs did trade for Rajon Rondo. We didn't get a chance to talk about that. Yeah. Um, we'll do more of that next yeah, episode next because this is played, obviously yeah. this is the last week of the NFL. This yeah. takes precedence. So we'll do that. Um, so we'll talk a little baseball because there's some rumors that the uh, the both sides are willing to talk again and start negotiating. So that's a good sign for the strike that's currently happening. And we'll we'll break all that down. So we got plenty of shit to talk about. Quickly, though, Rajon Rondo looked fucking great for the Cavs yeah, last night. He I fit did. in perfectly. He is exactly what we needed. He He's doing what... what uh, he needs to stop shooting threes, but... He hit right. a bunch of them. I'll give him credit on that. He I missed know, a but few, that's, but... That's, that's not a him shot, though. No, but it, it's like Rubio, though. Rubio's yeah. not a three-point shooter, right. but here, they're leaving him for him. He's hitting him. All I'll right. take it. All right. Make it if take it if they they let you make it, you know? All right. That's gonna do it. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. See you later. Ya.